What is even in here? When did I close this thing down? Okay, there was... <clears throat> there was the night shift scheduling nightmares, and... <clears throat> Dang, that was heavy. Daniel's surgery, and... I mean, well, there was COVID, but... Wow, there is a veritable mountain of dust on absolutely everything in here. Wait a minute. There she is. The Edit Bay 9000. Hello, old girl. Did you miss me? Let's fire you up and make some magic, huh? Hey all, Mike here to welcome you back to hopefully regularly scheduled Game Store Profits content. Daniel and I have been talking about what we want to see happen with the show's return for a while. But, if there's something you want to see, now's the time because you've got more chance to make that a reality with a comment now than ever before. We're also going to hope you ride with us through the bumps as we kind of shake the proverbial cobwebs from everything. Look, we've always made some faux pas and some mistakes, such as, well, it's actually only been three years since the last GSP episode, not four. But you've ridden with us before, and we hope you're going to come back with us again. Uh, we're going to get back up and running as soon as possible, and we already feel good after recording this one. So settle in, kids. Because the profits are back, and there are lots of dice to be rolled. Welcome to Game Store Profits, where we talk about God, gaming, and groups. I'm your host, Daniel Fisher, and along with me is the president of Inroads Ministries, the indelible Michael Perna. Mike, how are you doing today? Four years. Four, years. Four yeah. years we had radio silence, and the first thing we come back to is you actually using my proper title. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I told you a week, almost not really a week ago, a few days ago, I already had the intro laid out that I was yeah, I know. with. That's, so. that's what I'm saying. I was expecting this crazy ridiculousness, <laughs> and here you are. Just, but, but then, you know, we're really setting the tone here because... Crazy ridiculousness for us would be sedate and well organized. <laughs> yes, it would. It would. <laughs> oh, oh man, it has. It's in. I can't believe that it's been this long, and it doesn't even feel it. Like a lot's happened since then. For those of you who might be joining us for the first time, or for those of you who have been around forever. Because the podcast was started in 2012. Uh, wow. Uh, sometimes numbers just hit you when you say them out loud. Especially when you don't realize it. Like you yeah. Thought uh, about it. We, we basically are coming off of a severe hiatus of about four years because of I moved states and then had to do night shift job. And then the pandemic happened. Yeah. And depression. And Daniel went to surgery, yeah. and there was there were just so many things back to back to back. And the whole time that this was going on, we're like, we we need to get Game Store Profits back on the air. Like we yep. need to make it happen. But every once in a while, we'd give it a shot, and then it would fall through, or it wouldn't happen. And then just let's just call it what it is. Just after so many times of trying, the apathy set in. <laughs> Yeah, because because it, it was just so hard to get get hyped and get excited, uh, only to have it fall apart again. But tonight we are here. Tonight we have gathered together around our microphones to talk to you, good people, about God and games and all the wonderful ways they come together. And I got to tell you, I am like I'm on a level of endorphins that that should be illegal. Is <laughs> I am so happy to be back doing this with you, Daniel. It's it's I've missed this. This is used to be our our nighttime thing. You know, we'd get up here and talk games and and pester each other all night long. And and I would always tell people like, check out our podcast. And I still tell them check out our podcast. And they're like, but you haven't done anything in a long time. And I'm like, I know we're on a break. Yeah, we we've <laughs> let's just call it like it is. We've been banking on the fact that we've had a, a catalog. Of almost a decade of podcasts. Oh yeah. So, and what's really going to be funny is like 
we did post about it, but there's certain people that listen to us that are not on Facebook. That's so, true. And it's going to pop up in their, their podcast feed, and they're just going to be like, oh, my gosh. So that plus we or I guess you're are you working on new stuff for Barden Bible? I am I am literally working on stuff getting back for Barden Bible. I have the intro already. Um still going on my going through Genesis uh storyline. I'm gonna, I'm literally going to ask like my patrons over at Patreon whether or not I should just just drop that and start new. But I figured coming back from that hiatus which wasn't as long as this but it too, due to scheduling and physical and mental stamina and that sort of thing, has also been on a hiatus. But uh, I actually worked that into the storyline of, of the beginning of the next episode, so that's going to be fun. Awesome. But uh, yeah, it's I now Daniel, we've we've kind of talked about this like constantly, not even just in preparing for recording this. But it's kind of been a constant theme about the fact that we've missed this. Yeah. And I, I kind of want to like talk a little bit, and I'm going to let you talk about it as well, um, just about why this is a big deal. Because part of it, like part of the, the heart hurt for me is the fact that, like I said, I believe the first episode went live, and this is back with me and Luke. So uh, for those of you who might be joining us who are new to the podcast or been around the tavern for a while and heard that we once did a podcast. Um, I'm the only person around from the beginning of this show that's still around. Uh, it started off with me and this guy, Luke and Luke was here for the first a hundred episodes and then Luke left and then Daniel came on and then it was me, Daniel and Jeff Romo. But then, uh, Jeff Romo was taken back to the salt mines by his uh, corporate dragon overlords. So we can pray for Jeff as hopefully one day we'll be able to get him back on here. We've had a couple of uh, guest hosts thrown in. Uh, most prominently, shall we say, would that be T.R. Knight, who is a legend. Uh, if you don't know who T.R. is, please, please, please find him at a convention uh, and say hi to him and his lovely family for us. We love all of them. Uh, but yeah, like for me, this has been such a big part of what, not only what I've done in ministry, but what God has done in me has happened in the course of running this podcast. Well, you know, for me though, this has been, this, this podcast was always for a way for me to recenter myself when it came to the ministry. We got to sit down and talk ministry stuff and it's it's almost like a going to church you know i get to sit down we get to we get to talk about the good things that's going on in our lives the bad things that's going on in our lives our hurts our joys and all this other stuff and that's what i've missed so sorry <laughs> no i you do not apologize yeah. that is brilliant that is I, exactly right because it's yeah. Like, it's been our thing since the, the very beginning, is the idea that these games are great. We love these games. We'll talk about how much we love these games, why we love these games. But at the end of the day, it always comes down to the relationships at the table, the relationships you build with the people you're playing with, and the, the kind of things that, that you see God move through at that table. Like, mm. that's where the good stuff is. And so, like... Thankfully, for me, I've been able to kind of see that aspect of the ministry grow as the online presence has kind of had to take this hit for these multiple years. But there is still something about this podcast because there have been so many friends who I have made. And, and I, was, I was explaining to this to somebody because uh, we'll get into it a little bit later as far as we talk about things that have happened to us in the gaming space since our last recording. But like I mentioned to a handful of people that I really want to see Noah play some kind of role playing game, but he, not not D and D definitely, and you know he, like nothing crazy. I I just wanted to put like No Thank You Evil in his hands. I said I want to do that, but I don't really know if I have the the funds to get a, a set. And so not one, but two people who I've never met in person. 
never met in person, only had online interaction with, though that online interaction has been vast and <laughs> of a wide variety of seriousness or silliness. I, I now have two copies. <laughs> one of them's one of them's getting brought to our local library uh, for them to use, and one of them has already been played by Noah. He is Noah the Super Strong Dragon. Um, but like, there's something about the the ability to connect with these people who who do have such vastly different experiences. The fact that I don't know about for you, because again, you came on kind of later in the life of the show, but I know yeah. for me. Like the fact that I can say things like I've received emails because of this podcast from people in almost every continent of the globe. For me, so I've developed three besides you, and of course, and everybody else on the board. I've developed three really close relationships because of this podcast outside of this core group, and one would be TR not. he actually came and visited me in November because they had a thing in Asheville. And he's like, hey, I'm going to stay an extra day and come up and have dinner with you and your family. And he brought brought his wife, Angie, and we just sat around and ate pizza. And um, then, of course, we've got our good guy out of Indianapolis, and that's Michael Riddle, who is going with me to Michael. GaryCon. Yes, he is oh. going. <sighs> Michael, the legend, the myth, the the what I've, I've referred to as the dean of the Indianapolis chapter of the Anvil Song Bard College, <laughs> but so he actually came down and visited me last. Oh gosh, April I think is that April or March? Um, uh, and so I'm not really sure he wants me to say this. We're both Freemasons, and um, he came down for me being made a Master Mason and brought me a very beautiful gift for it, a set of precision-grade aluminum dice from Inroads, or, or Norse Foundry that that have all the symbols from, from Freemasonry on them, um, and they have on the side of them that says your Masonic working tools, because the owner of, of Norse Foundry is also a Freemason. Those two actually vouched for me to become a Freemason. I don't want to go into that because I know a lot of people have issues with that. But he came and visited me. And then I have um, an, an, another friend who lives down in uh, Atlanta because of it, Ron Poti. And uh, Fun. I love Ron. He calls me and checks in on me at least once a week because he knows I can get down in the dumps and stuff like that. And I remember the first time he called me and it was because he had questions because he was having issues with with getting his family to play games and he wanted to know how I got my family to play games. And he actually sent a message to me and said, Hey, can I call you? And I said, yes. And he was really nervous. Like he was talking to a celebrity. I'm like, dude, I'm just, I'm just like you. I mean, I'm just some nerd that decided to, to jump in here with Mike and talk about this. But I, I, you know, that's been, you know, three people that I've made friends with just because of this podcast that mean the world to me. And and besides you and Jeff and Sean and everybody else, but and still. The other people. <laughs> yeah, and other people. But well, I am I'm definitely excited to be back. Uh, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. This is not a one off, and then we fall back into the pit. Hopefully, we will be able to get back onto, if not the original bi like bi weekly recording, then at least maybe once a month. We're we're gonna figure out what we can do because at the end of the day, we are. Uh, adults with families and responsibilities who are also trying to run this ministry that involves doing stuff not online. Yeah. But, um, I, and this is going to be a little bit of a segue, if, if you don't mind. Um, Absolutely. So, you need to buy some miniatures for your son so he can use them to play No Thank You, Elon. And uh, use your new hobby for that. Yeah, um... <laughs> If you follow us on social media, if you are a part of the tavern, especially if you follow the Inroads Instagram, you've noticed that Daniel, during our hiatus, finally won. <laughs> after years, after literal years of trying to convince me that miniatures painting is a wonderful hobby that I would love dearly and should really get into... He did it. 
<laughs> Actually, you know, and, um, you know, we did the first paint and take at the uh, library uh, event, or not library, but the tavern con. Yep. And you had miniatures there, and you didn't like it at the time. Didn't you try to paint something after that with those paints that you had? From I Reaper? did, but but I I didn't know what I was doing, and I didn't really take the time to actually learn what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And it, like anything, if you don't take it seriously, it's really easy to just view it as flippant. Like, there are so many people who will look at what we do and be like, oh, there's there's no value in that. That's so silly and useless. And I'm like, no, only if you don't actually take it seriously. If you take it seriously, if you get into it, you are able to explore all sorts of stuff that would be otherwise hidden to you. <laughs> I don't you... take it seriously at all. No. <laughs> I've, I've, I've seen your paint set up, dude. You... <laughs> But, um, but I did like the first time I did it, I go, okay, whatever, let's just do this and I'll just slap paint on this. But, uh, the, the, th- the reason was the reason that I got into it was because, uh, I got my son Marvel United, uh, Marvel United in the off chance that you don't know what it is. It is a cooperative Marvel game where you each take the role of a hero and you are trying to fight against a villain. You have to do one of you have to do a, a selection of different three set of uh, mission objectives. Uh, it's to beat up thugs, to save civilians, or to uh, get rid of threats that the villains have put in front of you. And then once you've done a couple of those, then you can take the fight right to the villain and see if you can beat them. Uh, like all cooperative games, there's a bunch of ways that the villains have. Uh, to beat you guys before you're able to defeat them. It is a ton of fun. I love this game a lot. And I remember as soon as I, I, as soon as I played, I think it was a digital game that I played was the first thing I did. And I said, this is brilliant. Cause I'm a, I'm a huge proponent, always have been, always will be of games that sit right kind of in the middle where they're complex enough that you have decisions that actually make a difference, like that they're worthwhile and worth doing. But at the same point, it's simple enough that you don't have to spend three hours before you start playing, explaining to everybody what you do. That's my bread and butter. And so Marvel United sits right there. There is a lot of strategy, and if you make the wrong call, it is really easy to get bowled over by uh, the villain that you're fighting, especially certain ones of them. Because if you don't keep if you don't keep them in in check the way they need to be, you will not be able to stop them from just wiping you out or obtaining their special victory condition or whatever it is. Because each villain is different. So, well, oh, go ahead. Sorry. So I got this game for my son and we're playing this game. And I said, I said, Hey bud, you know, um, some people paint these miniatures (laughs) and he goes, what? I said, you see how the good guys are all blue and the bad guys are all red. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh. He goes, well, some people and some people that daddy knows, would would take these and would paint them so they look like they do on the card. And his eyes went wide, his jaw dropped, and he's like, so dad, when are we going to start doing that? <laughs> it's always the kids. And I said, okay, well, I guess I need to talk to some people. And I started... I started I started painting with the base set of Marvel United and I have now painted the entire base set. I've painted Doctor Strange, I've painted the Spider-Verse, I've painted the entire promo box of the X-Men Kickstarter. <laughs> I have I have finished painting my Marvel United set un- until the day that you know we get more for my son. 
and uh, and now I'm moving on to Wonderland's War, where I am painting those miniatures. Uh, y'all, since since I've done this, I I've had to to go before Daniel and say, my my good sir, you were one hundred percent right. I have not only continued to paint. I have not only gotten better, I have watched videos about painting techniques of my own volition. I have I have I have looked into various uh things that like my Christmas wish list may or may not have had paint handles and magnifying glasses on it. Uh one of which is sitting next to me on my desk. And uh yeah, I've I've gone. I may or may not have even gone with some of our friends in the nerd ministry space to talk about the fact that I have I have had uh, miniatures painting enter into part of my spiritual I, discipline. I remember. I remember that episode. I'll, I'll listen to it, and I just had because, the biggest grin on my face the entire time because I painted miniatures and I talked to God while I did it. And it was such a profoundly calming and and focusing experience as I'm talking to God. And I'm just sitting there going, Daniel, I I hate <laughs> how much I love you for this. <laughs> um, so we just got Marvel United probably about a month ago, maybe actually right before Christmas. And um, so I break it out and it's actually, I think, right during Christmas break. It's like right before Christmas. And I, uh, it comes in the mail, and, you know, of course, I, I work from home, and I open it up, and my son sees it. He's like, what's that? He said, it's the new game we're going to play. And uh, he said, cool, cool. He said, when can we play it? I said, as soon as I get off work. So I get off work, and I bust it out, read the rules real quick, and watch a little quick playthrough, because I have to watch playthroughs because of my ADHD. It's really hard for me to read a rule book and get through it. And, and we play it. And he loved it. And within five minutes of the game ending, he said, so, Dad, when are we going to paint these? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had, within 30, minute, 30 minutes of uh, getting getting that everything put up, I already had primer on Red Skull and letting him dry. And that night, I painted Red Skull. And... Uh, he sat there with me, and I was like, what part do you want to paint? He's like, I want to paint his coat. And I handed him the miniature. I let him paint the coat. And I took it back, and I fixed where he messed up, which is fine. I, I didn't demean him. I said, now let me show you how to do this real quick. And I would show him things like that. And and we we haven't really made our way all the way through it because I've been a little bit busy. We've done three miniatures. We did him, Hulk, and uh, Ant-Man. So, and I always let him do an aspect of the miniature while we paint. Oh, and cause he, he can't, he'll paint his section and he'll like, all right, I'm done and, <laughs> and go do something else. But he finds it great and stuff. So it's really it, good when you can share it with the kids. If you ever look at some of my miniatures and you look, you look at the other ones and they're all like, all the bases are like metal and, and they're looking like dirt and rock. And then you come up with one that's just bright red. Yeah, you you can tell which one my son got involved with. <laughs> it's our hot man. He he was adamant about painting the the quarter that Ant Man was on. He sucked out. Okay. I'm painting that. I want to paint that. I said, sure, that's fine. Go for it. And um, but no, as far as like you know, and I've talked to you about this in the past too about using um, painting as your quiet time. And and I'm a firm believer in that whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. And that can be worship. Like I've, I've even told people that playing an RPG can be worship um, because you're doing it for the glory of God. You're spending time with people and, and you're loving on them at the same time. And, and that can be used as, as part of your spiritual walk and, People don't really understand it until they sit down and do it. I was like, and a lot of the older gentlemen that I talk to, especially at church, I'm like, do you like to fish? They're like, yeah. So what do you like about it? Well, I, it's quiet. I can spend some time with my thoughts. I said, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm doing when I paint miniatures. 
and that's usually when it clicks for them. You know, you get those one guy, those some of those older fellows that make flies for fly fishing, and that that it's the same thing. It's just I like the paint little army man and stuff. So, well, it I, I the moment I realized I had fully caught the bug, like like fully, was that uh, talk about Ron's in the community. Ron Shade saw me post that. I wanted to, I really wish that I could get the base set of Marvel United again, now that I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I said, because I look at my base set Marvel United, and I'm like, oh, I, oh. And now some of them I have gone back and, and retouched and repainted to, like, make it look good. But, like, some of them are just... Like, Captain America is so pink. Like, he's just so... His... He... he I, I swear, like, I don't know what I thought when I was putting the color on his face, but okay. he is... So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another piece of advice. You painted this with your kid. Buy another set. <laughs> well, here comes but, Ron. Here yeah. comes Ron saying, I actually have a set. And uh, I'm going to send it to you. That's cool. Yeah, I just and so now I have the, it's still in shrink because, like I said, I had moved on to Wonderland's War yeah. first. But eventually, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna repaint that base set. And what's what's cool about it because because again, at the end of the day, we don't just play these games as a ministry ourselves. Like like getting people to play the game is also part of what we do yeah. because we want to see them take this intentional gaming experience that we provide and then go out with their friends and their family and do likewise. So what's really going to be cool is, is that I'm going to have this extra set that is not like painted great, but if you're not the person who wants to paint a set, it looks really nice. Yeah. Like if you, if, if you, if you don't care that they're all the same color, Painted the way I did as a true novice is still really good. Oh, yeah. And so I'm just going to drop that on somebody. Now, I'll, if you ever do need to strip a miniature, especially plastic miniatures, um, LA's totally awesome. You can pick it up at the dollar store, and you just soak it in there, and then after about an hour, just start hitting it with the toothbrush, and the paint just falls right off. There we go. So anyway, um, <laughs> actually, I have, um, I'm running Hero Quest, the new version at uh -huh. Gary Con as one of my events this year and I've already painted all the furniture and stuff out of it and I've been thinking about how I'm going to paint the rest of the, the kit and I just decided just right now that I'm going to paint the monsters and I'm going to paint you know everything like that great I'm not going to paint the heroes at all and the reason for that is um because just thinking about this, like when you play an RPG, you kind of put yourself into the the mode of I'm this player, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to take a miniature that I've painted the way I want it, and somebody sit down and play with it, and be stuck with something that they don't like. Right. I, I'm trying to give them a blank canvas of you can tell me exactly what you think this guy looks like, you know. Instead of you know, I, I understand it's my game, but you know, I, I don't want people to be pigeonholed into that so that's just because i could see it it's sitting like right across from me <laughs> right <laughs> on top of the big pile of games as i get everything ready for Con this year. <laughs> so be before we transition into something else i do let's just take a second because of the fact that there might be some people who have kind of come along and and joined with the the inroads brand of silliness uh, while we've been gone and don't know about what we do in, in that particular area. So what you might not know, ladies and gentlemen at home, is that uh, Inroads Ministries has been for a while now uh, the official board game library of GaryCon, the convention that was made in honor of Gary Gygax from his family. Yes. <laughs> It's all I'm going to say, yes. Yeah, we've been doing it for a while now. We actually got in through Derek White, the geek preacher, who knows the Gygax family. He knew Gary as well, personally, uh, before he passed away. And he's been the the 
official cleric is the best way to put it of Gary Khan. So he does. I think have, they do officially call him a chaplain. Yeah, I know, but I like to call him the cleric because <laughs> you know you you can randomly walk around and get hit in the head by something that he throws at you. The uh, he, he'll smite you, but mm-hmm. no, they he he does go around and he you know works with people there. He does plan the uh, memorial board, the memorial table as it's grown bigger for gamers that we've lost and. Um, he does a service on uh, Sunday morning, and I think this year he's actually going to be uh, playing his uh, new documentary, The Satanic Panic, um, where he talks about how the Satanic Panic actually affected the Christians that helped create Dungeons and Dragons uh, during the 70s and 80s and how it affected their faith. And um, if you haven't watched that, it's on uh, Tubi, and it, it's very good. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and it's it's really weird because I know most of those guys now that are in there, and that you know they come down and sit with us from time to time and just hang out down at the library, and they've never really brought it up. But there was at one point, I think our second year there, and there was some stuff going on with an, another gaming company where the owner had made some inappropriate comments and uh, to somebody and I'm not going to details on that and there was kind of an uproar because Gary Conn was going to have him there but also that they were going to have us a Christian group there and um, the convention completely went to bat for us because I mean like Luke Gygax went to bat for us there were you know it was it was insane that you know, they were they were calling us out saying there's a bunch of Christians running this and that, how are they going to provide a safe space? Uh, that's my number one mission is to give you a safe space to play in. Um, mm-hmm. Listen, I, I am a Christian and I hate saying it like this, but I'm not one of those Christians. Uh, my job at Gary Con is to provide you games, make sure you have something to drink in your hand, like whether it's water, or you need me to run somewhere and grab you something. If we have coffee, I'll get you a cup of coffee. Um you know, and is make sure you have a fun time and are safe. Um, at Inroads, we do have events, and Mike, what's our number one rule at those events? I hmm, I wonder which which one you're going for on this one. There's a couple of them from the serious to the silly, and I don't know which one you're reaching for. Uh, it's the no preaching rule. Oh yeah, yeah. We're not those people. We're not the people that are going to come and tell you you're going to hell because you know what? That's not our job. We, we're there to love you. Uh, we're there to be your friend. We're there to listen to you. We're there to cry with you. I've literally sat down with somebody and had a conversation with them and just sat there and cried with them at mm-hmm. GaryCon at the convention while I'm sitting there painting miniatures with them because I teach the miniature painting class and they, they would stay over and just talk to me and, and get to know me and I would get to know them and they would break down because something's going on and I would break down with them and just be there for them. That's our job. You know, that's what we do there. And it's not to go out like, cause you know, I'm part of another ministry and that's game church. That's where we do video games and we go to conventions for that. And we have to deal with people on the outside preaching that what's going on on the inside is evil while we're on the inside saying, no, it's not. You know, these are just people like anybody else that just want to have fun, but they're also hurting. And that's our, and that's it i mean that's it that's the easiest way for me to put it Uh, you know me i can get on a soapbox and go for hours on that right but i mean gary con's amazing and it 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 is a lot of older versions of dungeons and dragons it does center around dungeons and dragons and older gaming um there's one i mean it's it's in honor of gygax so i don't see why it wouldn't and that's why we're there because he was obsessed with board games right yeah, and um, you'll go into one room, and it's nothing but war games, because that's how D&D started, was war games. There's a huge sand table where they're literally pushing wet sand to build mountains and having armies come down, and, and it, just watching stuff like that be done at a convention is pretty cool, because not that doesn't happen a lot like that anymore. That's the old school way of playing war games and stuff. And, um, you know, of course you do have older versions of D&D and a lot of older play, players there. I and I, I was going to mention this. I what really kind of broke my heart um, was there was that PBS um, 
thing on there about how that was just a it was one of their blogs about how the OSR the older uh, gamers are racist and horrible and I've seen that I've firsthandly seen that in some of the gamer groups that I was in on Facebook that I quickly pulled out of but like at Gary Khan I've n- never seen that like everybody there is really open with everybody and they want they they're just there for everybody to have a good time and mm-hmm. um and most older gamers are the ones that realize they they went through it at one point and uh, being ostracized for just dumb reasons and they don't want anybody to ever feel that way and they've told me that and that's you know one of the things that i like about being around them so it's like being around a bunch of grandparents <laughs> they're all that old Sorry, yeah. just making a joke there, guys. Not at your expense. Not today. Not so. today. <laughs> Not that, today. That's late. That's later. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'll bring this up, kind of to to go into the next point. Like, I know for me, something that's been exciting, and we kind of danced around to both of us as we were talking about all the stuff that's been going on since we haven't been recording. You and I both have kids. Yeah, young ones too. Little ones. I mean, I got one that's getting ready to graduate high school. Right, but you also, I'm, I'm thinking more about the particular little one in the context of the fact that we've got some little dudes who, who have grown to really love gaming. Yes, that's Samuel. <laughs> so, I think at the time we did our last recording, he was getting ready to turn two. Right. His birthday was a month later. And, of course, he couldn't really do anything other than grab miniatures off my paint table and throw them on the ground and break them, and I had to re-glue them really quickly. By the last time we were recording, Noah had... The most gaming that Noah had done would be picking up a dice bag and, like, throwing the click-clack rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Ah, Yeah, Samuel, he's he's blown me away. We're we're as I was telling you before, we're switch buddies. So he saved up um, his money. Like, okay, so he saved up all his Christmas money and birthday money, and he wanted a switch. You know, his brother had a switch, and I had a switch lot, and his sister had a switch lot, and um, he wanted his own switch. You know, and of course, I would let him play mine, and uh, Andrew would let him play his and stuff, and. and we told him, as soon as you can go a whole month going to the potty by yourself without having any accidents, we'll let you take the money that you saved up and buy a Switch. And I expected to give him a Switch lot, but he wanted a full-size Switch. And that weekend, that was his official last day of, you know, going on the potty, he, uh, on Facebook Marketplace, locally popped up. Almost brand new, not even a month old. Mar- Super Mario Edition, Mario Red, full size Switch went on sale. Somebody had posted it for two hundred twenty five dollars. A kid had exactly two hundred twenty five dollars. I go. messaged him. I said, "I'll be there in fifteen minutes." We got there, <clears throat> got that plus a really nice uh, case for it and a few other things and original box and everything. And I've had to rebuild. Two controllers twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they, like, he'll drop them in a button will break, and I'll have to go out and, like, fix the button, pull it out, resolder something, and put it back together and things like that. So, but yeah, he, he's, he's obsessed with that. Plus, uh, his biggest obsession is, is when, when does he get to play D&D? And, uh, yeah, it's, it's coming soon. We've played a little bit of, uh, games like, uh, uh, I've run him through some hero quests with his mom, and he's enjoyed it. And then, uh, basic fantasy RPG. I was teaching him to count, and um, so me and his brother were helping him uh, run through a scenario with that. And that was his first taste of Dungeons and Dragons. But um, as I was telling you earlier, though, um, he is obsessed with video games. But if I lay a board game out and show him how to play it, um, and leave it on the kitchen table, I'll I'll randomly catch him getting the stuff out and trying to play it by himself. And usually I'll, I'll take something, you know, like boom, chicka, boom or, or chicka, boom. And, uh, or, you know, the crap, I can't remember the name of this one. It's the penguin match game from, uh, uh I think it's what Haba, uh, games. 
I do need to introduce him to Rhino Hero, though. I think that'll be the next one. But he'll he'll, he'll sit there and just he'll try to figure out how to play it by himself when I'm not mm-hmm. there. And if in the mornings before school, if it's sitting out there, like while he's eating his breakfast, he's like, "Can you play this game with me before the bus gets here?" It's, it breaks my heart. It makes me happy. And when I say it breaks my heart, it's just like my heart just overfills the joy that I have a kid that's wanting to sit down and spend time with me. And I'm not saying my other kids don't sit down and spend time with me it's just this is a new kid the other ones have their own special way they spend time with me and this kid's pouring into me what i like to do and i get to pour back into him and because the other ones are to the point where they know what they like and you know andrew my middle child uh me and him have become uh, rpg buddies like uh you know if we have a sunday free and one of my friends is running i have a friend that runs um he likes, he's, he's the guy that buys all the off-brand RPGs. Like, he's the guy that got me mm-hmm. into Dungeon Crawl Classic, Mutant Crawl Classics. Um, and he'll run one shot to me and Andrew will be like, all right, we're going down to Dwayne's. Uh, you got the rest of the kids, Jessica. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. uh, and me and him will go down there and spend a Sunday afternoon playing a game together. And it's just become routine for us to do that. So it's been great. So. Well, something that's been really fun for me is to see, like, like we'll talk about the fact that board games can teach you things. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll talk about that, but then to see it literally being played out in my five-year-old. Yeah. My five-year-old can play chess. That's good. I barely play chess. Now, now granted, like, there are times when he'll make a move and I'll sit there, but, but I, I, I'll tell you what, like, this is something that's been really fun to me and I, I'm still, there's part of me that thinks I need to write this or record this or do something with this because there's something so much, so akin to just the idea of how you disciple somebody in teaching my kid how to play chess. Uh, because I, I don't just tell him that's not a good move. I'll say, do you want to make that move right now? And he'll go, why? And I'll say, there's somebody that can get you if you do that. And, and he'll go, well, who? And I, I've made, I made a choice to do this. I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to tell you who I'll tell you. And I'll tell him, I'm like, there are, there's one guy who can get you, or there's two guys that can get you. If you go there, who are they? And he'll stop for a second. And he'll look at the board and he'll go, it's that guy. I'm like, yep, it's that guy. And then he'll take the piece back and he'll make a different move. That's cool. And uh, there was a moment that I had. It was the same kind of moment that like basketball dads get. Like when their kid shoots like, like that last minute buzzer beater. Yeah. Because we're playing a game and... I'm, all of a sudden, my my son, not even thinking about it, not being prompted by me, just goes, oh, wait. And he moves his, his bishop up in front of his queen saying she shouldn't be out in the open like that. And, and I just, I stopped. I stopped playing. And I said, buddy, I'm so proud of you right now. And he goes, Why? You're teaching him the tactics of war. I, and he, and he, and I go, I go, you just made a defensive move. I've played this with grown adults who don't understand that sometimes it's better to make a defensive move than to take a piece. Oh, yeah. You're five. <laughs> Wait till he starts playing in Magic the Gathering. <laughs> well, and and, that, and see, there's so many little things that I've noticed playing these games, like yeah, like Magic, the, like he's talking about Magic the Gathering. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> my wallet can't handle my kid getting into Magic. Well, me and Andrew have been playing online together. Oh, okay, that's so. not as bad. Yeah, but playing Marvel United, there's iconography, and if you've ever, if, if you're listening to us and you're you know you're into board games, you know that a lot of times, especially in modern design. Folks try to communicate as much as they can on a board without words. They try to just get this information out so that people can have that information through iconography. Well, 
in Marvel United especially, one of these things is that there's a picture of the number of players on one side, and on the other side of the line, it's the number of health that the villain has. So, like, it's if you have two players, it's worth, he's, he gets this much health. If you have three players, he gets this much health. If you have four players, it's this much health. I never explained to Noah that that's what those pictures mean. There was just one time I was setting up the game. And I think we were going up against, I think we were going up against Magneto. And he goes, he goes, Magneto needs, what I, I, I don't even remember what the number is. He goes, Magneto needs this many, Dad. And I'm like, how did you know that? He's like, this picture, there's two of us, so he gets this many. And I'm like, Again, I'm like, I I know fully grown adults who don't understand what these pictures mean without a full rundown. Well, I mean, kids pick it up a lot quicker than we do. It's true, and and it was it's just so fun to see him pick up on this stuff. To see him pick up not only on the basic levels of I I know how to play this game. Despite the fact that Marvel United is rated for for kids fourteen and up, like so he understands these base concepts of this game, but like to to hear him talk about, you need to do this because if we don't, he's gonna overflow at that location and it's gonna get real bad for us. <laughs> like to hear it's him great. think to hear him think strategically about this this game about. Silly, chibi-looking Marvel characters beating up on bad guys. It's just—it's just so fun to just see what games can do to your head if you just, you know, let them. <laughs> uh, I'm using um, currently. Uh, so Sammy's in kindergarten. He's really good at math, but he's not—he's struggling on on language skills and mainly. If you didn't know, I have a little bit of a lisp, and I'm hard of hearing, but also my kids have a lisp, and the um, he goes to speech, so he doesn't like talking out loud when it comes to reading and stuff like that, and uh, so he's still learning how to sound out words properly, and so we're using uh, Link's Awakening at the moment, the redo for the Switch. Nice. So we'll sit there and play. He's like, Dad, what's this say? I, I don't know. Why don't you tell me? And he'll sit there and literally try to sound out every bit of the dialogue. Nice. And I'm like, oh, dude, that's so great. You did such a good job on that. Let me help you with this word because Daddy can't even say this one right. So, <laughs> you know, like it comes to like a weird name and stuff. And that's what I've been using a lot of the games that he's been playing lately. Just trying to help him and, and and to motivate him to read, um, you know, even it's been even hard for like because I, I love audiobooks, especially when I'm painting, and um, you know I I have the Harry Potter audiobooks and I was trying to get him to listen because you know he's currently reading Chamber of Secrets with his mom and we take turns and I'm like you want to hear a really good guy read you Harry Potter. And I was like, his name's Jim Dale, <laughs> you know, but he, he gets frustrated because he doesn't, he doesn't want to sit there. And I think part of that is, you know, he, he's probably got a touch of the ADHD like I do, but the, um, it's just, you know, getting him doing those little things to motivate him to, to read. And his ultimate goal right now is to get, to be, uh, well enough at reading that he can play Dungeons and Dragons. Or any RPG in general. I, I'm not going to lie. Part of part of my my motivation for encouraging Noah to read stuff is he's looked at my shelf before and he's like, "Dad, let's play this." Yeah. And I'm like, "Can't, buddy." He goes, "What do you mean? Can't read?" And <laughs> I said, "I said, buddy, this shelf breaks down into three different groups. One is games that Noah can play. These are games you play all the time." The other side is games Noah can play when he's older. Those is just stuff that the stuff that gets tackled in them is just stuff that you don't need to see and, and you don't need to deal with until you're older. I said in the middle though is this other section. And this section is games Noah can play as soon as he can read the cards for himself. Oh yeah. 
And so anytime we're like, like we're like, I want to read, and he's like, I want to just get up and play and do stuff. I just want to be like, you want to crack those games, right? You got to practice. You got to learn how to read by yourself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at my shelf right now. And the one that, that has been sticking out to me for like the last year that I want to play with him so bad is my little scythe. Yeah. It's sitting, it's sitting under my copy of Wasteland Express. And I was just like, I, I, it's cool as I know he would love Wasteland Express when he can get to the point where he could read. I just want to play <laughs> my little scythe. <laughs> Throw well, pies at each other. One thing that has been cool is the fact that, that he wanted to play a game because Daniel, I don't know if you know this. You've created my son into a, a dice goblin. No, uh, mine, mine's already starting on his collection as well. He's yeah. got his own dice bag. So at one point, Daniel sent me a package, and I can't even remember what the stuff you sent me was. It's your paint, probably. Oh yeah, it was it was the the paints because you wanted to get me, you know, like a good a good dealer does. You you first first one free. <laughs> well, I mean, um, you were using those craft paints, and I was I like, was. you know, you're fine. It, it, it was hurting you. Well, and and I will. This is a piece of painting of us. Um, if you can only afford craft paint, and that's fine. Um, if you enjoy painting with craft paint, that's great. Um, I'm not going to hold anything against you, but once you try actual paint, oh yeah, uh, you, you're not fighting against the paint anymore. My my quote to you was was I, I hate you. Thank yeah. you so much. I hate you. Yeah, because I can't go back. Oh, well, I mean, I, there's still colors that I use that are craft paints that are uh, not because I, I of course I use uh, white and blacks are mainly craft paints because I use so much of them. But the um, metallics, there's a few metallics out there that really just blow uh, some of the higher end paints out of the water, and they're craft paints and it's like I got well, this amethyst, this purple. It's so beautiful. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> returning to my my burgeoning yeah, dice goblin. <laughs> so he he has he has uh, taken a large number of the dice you sent me with that paint box. Uh, he allowed me to keep one set for myself. <laughs> um, and then he has so now he has his own little dice bag and it's his dice, um, and. At one point, I said, I said, buddy, you know that people play games with those dice, right? He goes, they do. <laughs> and I say, yeah, like, daddy plays games with those dice whenever he can. Can we do that? And then, like I said, I've got, I've got people who have sent me copies of No Thank You Evil. Um, partly because it's good for kids and partly because they know that I am, I am a, a sellout shill for the cipher system. I'm a shill that doesn't get paid, which is the worst kind of shill. Oh, it's all right. Um. So, so yeah. So I, I said, buddy, you want to you want to play some No Thank You Evil? And uh, and he played it, and it was so funny because that No Thank You Evil is like a super light role playing game designed for kids and families. If you've never played, a session is thirty minutes. If you're really pushing it, you might go 45. But it's literally like introduce the problem, find the solution, celebrate yeah. that you've completed the problem. <laughs> you spend more time reading how to set up this the the scenario than you actually playing it. Right. And so Noah was very lucky that his dad is an improv GM because he's like dad I want to I want to play. I go I need time to prepare but if you don't want me to if you don't want me to just run the stuff in the book, I need time. He goes he literally looked at me. He goes, "We're going to play tonight. So you you better get ready." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Makes me think there that maybe we need to <clears throat> set up some time to get both of our youngins online with us and oh, that would play be a, a thing. game. Yeah, that would that, be a thing. Yeah, we could do that. Like run, run through something crazy, with, uh, and I could do a virtual tabletop and all that stuff. There we go. Yeah, we work out. So I will say one thing that's been really cool and exciting to see in that has happened in in uh, you know the the midst of these dark times uh, has been I I have a connect I have a really cool story that I've never been able to record <coughs> because it happened while we weren't recording. So. 
I'm at some point our, our library was doing a series of cool things during the pandemic about getting people books and helping families cope with being locked in and all that. And at one point I said, look, I go, look at how gorgeous our building is. Look how awesome these people are. Look at how wonderful all this is. If they just had games, I'd never leave. Now I made that joke just being silly on Facebook. And that led to uh, a woman commenting on the thing saying, I run the youth and teen programs at the library. We'd love to talk to you about doing games at the library. Well, to make a very long story short, uh, Inroads has dropped hundreds of dollars worth of donations of board games and role-playing books onto them now. And uh, we've done some, we did a series of game days uh, and, What's, what was really interesting was, was I just had the opportunity to team up with a local uh, fantasy author. And he was there to promote his book series. And we're like, his shtick, like so many other fantasy authors before him, is that it was inspired by his role-playing group. And so the, the person who does a lot for like the entire county library system was like, hey, Mike, can we do something with this, with D&D and these books? And I'm like, I absolutely promise you we can do something with this. And before you knew it, I was working with this author and the library connections to create a one-shot based in the world of his books for kids, families, and new players. I had a table of like six kids and some moms that was so much fun to run. And what was really great was, was that, uh, there were two, if there were two things that, that really stuck out to me, the one was that the one kid was, I just rolled some generic characters because, you know, you're rolling for a table of upwards of 10. You gotta have a, 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 collection of generics so he had he had run a dragonborn paladin that i had created and this kid's like this guy's really cool if we play again can i bring him back (laughs) and i'm like heck yeah you could and um there was another kid where his older brother had brought him kind of as a like his older brother plays and he wants his brother to play, but it's like something something different when somebody who's not the brother is teaching him to play. Mm. He ran my gnome rogue. <laughs> and this kid ended up like doing all sorts of fun things. Like he literally took out a guard. He like stealth assassined a guard and freed the the, the prisoner that they were going for. He was he was having a blast. And I told him, I said, I said as as a gnome, you got that illusion. You had fun with that, right? And he's like, he's like, yeah, that was really cool. I'm like, you do know at level three, there's a th- you can become a thing that's called an arcane trickster, and you're basically a gnome who, a rogue who does magic. And I watched this kid's face, almost literally light up. <laughs> I. He just just a world of potential opened up to him in that one sentence. <laughs> and and it really was it really was cool to kind of walk with people as they entered into that that moment. That like, oh this is what this is like. Oh this is what it feels like. This is what it what we can do with this. And um I, I'm still working through like what the the details of future events with our libraries are going, but let's just put it this way. That relationship has been built to the point where I'm pretty sure that it literally it's limited only by my ava- availability for us to be into pretty much all of the county libraries in our area. Because That's cool. That's because yeah, especially because of the fact that we're in an area that that is like these kids are dealing with some serious stuff. A lot of these kids deal with gun violence. A lot of these kids yeah. deal with 
with drugs, either either in their friends or their families or both. Uh, like a lot of these kids have seen stuff that kids shouldn't have to have ever had to see. Yeah. And the ability to step into that and be like, all right, we're going to be some freaking heroes right now. And we're going to do some uh, good in the world. That's really good. That, uh, that makes me happy. Um, I will tell you something that came out of something we also did during the pandemic. Um, you know, sorry, there's my ums. They're coming back. I, I, I look forward. I look forward to seeing them in the waveform later. Well, I went through almost the entire podcast with little to none. But see, now you've called it out, so I can't yeah. edit it out. It's going <laughs> to be there because because we've called it out now. It's a thing. So we tr reached out to us at the beginning of the school year because the, it was Rachel, his daughter. She's a teacher. And she's taken over the RPG group at her high school. And the teacher that was in charge of it beforehand, everything belonged to that teacher. So that teacher just left and took everything. And so TR reached out to us about donating some things. And, of course, I reached out to people that I know in the industry as well. And one of the groups I reached out was Troll Lord. And, you know, they make castles and crusades and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in the past, if you are a uh, someone who is deployed military and you contact Troll Lords, they will send you the stuff to play castles and crusades um, while you're in the field. You know, because most of them were in the military. But nobody's ever reached out to them about donating to a school before. And I think it was... The beginning of this year, they had just put a new thing on their webpage, and I think it was because of what we did when I reached out to them about donating. Th- that if you're a part of a school club, that if you could just reach out to them, they'll send you books. They've never right. done that before to for kids. So they, I mean, they've done it for my scouts in the past and send us books and things, but not for like school clubs and stuff. So I think that was pretty neat that they did that. And that came from something we were doing during the pandemic and things. So, but I'm excited for you and everything that's going on with the library. I've been wanting to reach out to our public library, but I'm kind I don't know what it is, is like, I'm kind of nervous about reaching out to our library because I used to support their 3d printers. And of course, then they got an in-house tech guy, and I started. I taught him how to do it. It just—I don't know if it just feel weird for me going over there saying, "Can I run D and D here?" <laughs> so somebody was doing it before the pandemic, and they quit doing it during the pandemic. And I know there's that void there, but I've got a lot going on right now with scouts and everything. Is that is just, always I, the hard part? I know it's, and I had a full circle on scouts during Christmas was that, you know, for years I've run them games, especially at scout camp or on camp outs and things. And at Christmas we had a lock in and one of the kids that has been running games for other people said, I want to run a game straight, a game over in this lock in for a Christmas party for everybody, including, you know, Daniel and Brian, which were the scout masters and, it was just funny sitting on the side of the table as the players watching him try to run a game dealing with 12 scouts and two adults at the same mm-hmm. time. And he's like, this is just too many people. And I was like, finally, you now know why I taught you how to dungeon master so I wouldn't have to put up with everybody all at once at camp. And he's like, yes, now I know. <laughs> I get it. I get it, yeah. Man, this has been great, Mike. It, it it really is. It's like riding the proverbial bicycle. I know. I've missed it so much. <sighs> All right. But what, we need what, to... Oh, oh, I was what, what, what do we need, Daniel? Well, and this is something we've talked about as well. We have a friend who is part of the industry and somewhat part of the ministry. Um, not our ministry per se... But Peter, Peter Martin, we need to get we need to get him online and talk with us about the project he's working on. We have we have lots of people that we know that we love that have been with us uh, before we did the shutdown of Games for Profits for this this much longer hiatus than we were originally intending, uh, and people that we've been working with in you know during these silent times. 
Uh, and we want to, to bring them back to talk to you guys. Of course, Daniel and I will continue to do our shtick. Um, but if there is something, uh, if there is something that you guys want to see now, as we're coming back from, from the, the, the long, dark, long ago, uh, now is the time to make suggestions. Uh, we can't promise that we're going to take them all, but like, we are so open to just being back in this space and doing stuff, not just to shout back into the void because let's face it, like we're going to have to do some, some work to get back some of the people who stopped listening to us because we just disappeared for four years. Oh yeah. We recognize that. So if there's something that you, if you want to just continue to hear our, our particular brand of gaming nonsense, please feel free to keep coming back and tell your friends that we're back. If you have some ideas of things that you want us to see added into the show, things that you want to see emphasized more, please let us know with that, too. Uh, the more that that you guys talk to us, the more we're able to actually make part of what we're doing here. And ultimately, just like the games, like we love doing this podcast. We love doing the work of sitting down and talking and doing the recording and even the tediousness of, you know, syncing audio and all that. Like, we enjoy doing that. But it all comes down to the connection we make with you folks. And and that's what makes Game Store Profits great. It's what it always has made it great. And it's what hopefully we'll get to be able to keep doing now that we are back on the saddle. And be able to keep doing for a while. Daniel, it's time. You can do it. You can do it, Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the ep- end of episode. I don't even remember what episode we're on. I think we're on like two fifteen. Uh, I'll double check with that, and uh, and probably not even edit this because my goodness, I don't want to bother with that. But whatever episode it is, always remember that God is the game master. No matter how the dice fall, the game plays on. <laughs> <laughs>